What's going on, Kings? What's up, Hollywood actor Glenn Beck? Nice. Hollywood I, uh, crisis actor Glenn Beck. Very good. Very good. I uh, I went to the doctor recently, and uh, I because uh, I I turned the wrong way, and when you're at my age, you turn the wrong way, and you get the wrong way. And uh, I I went there, and the doctor talked to me for about ten minutes and ascertained that I had a very bad uh, muscle strain that uh, is impacting a nerve. And he uh, prescribed me the same pills that uh, you use to treat um, like osteoporosis. So I am somehow part of the millennial generation, but I'm also uh, part of the generation of the millennial generation that can now safely go to sleep at night. Uh, thinking about what Mark Hoppus said about, uh, I guess this is growing up. Ah. I sure, fucking, man. I hate the the hell world that we're in. That that Mark Hoppus has cancer. It's the fucking yeah. worst. Fucking sucks. Yeah, Al and I were talking about that the other day. That's my uh, like there's that lyric in Boys of Summer, like a, a dead deadhead sticker on a Cadillac. That's my yeah. that's my deadhead sticker. Uh, yeah, it's it's a whole whole lot good. We should try to get Mark on the show though, along with uh, the the rock Hoppus. band Eve Six. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, uh, yeah. Now that I'm pals with the guy from Eve Six, apparently. Uh, oh, dude, I was, I was at the dentist. I keep going oh, yeah? into medical, medical places because, of course, I'm an old. And uh, fucking, uh, the this Eve, the Eve Six song, the the song by the rock band Eve Six. Uh, whatever the one. Want to put your tender all in a blender? No, nah, it was something about tonight something something it's like one of their four songs that were like the number one song in 2000 and i can't, yep. can't remember because i was too busy to play warrior land three what is, is that it song? Here, God. here's to the nights yeah, yeah 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 that's like their that's like their their above their hits that's like the most weak sauce of the songs because it's the most like a fucking like high school slow dance Remember yeah, when Eve well, he, Eve Four released "Here's to the Knights of Columbus" in 1961? Nice. Here's to the Dreamcast Knights that I and I don't have any recollection of any of this stuff. Uh, it was Eve, Eve it was six. funny. It was funny that we're talking about both the 60s and Blink 182 because I like was totally thinking about how I just said in a rap song once that Travis Barker is the reincarnation of Ringo Starr when Ringo <laughs> Starr is not dead at all it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I've been I've just been Mandela affecting Les Claypool for some reason for the last like <laughs> three years because he's he's alive right yeah yeah no he's not uh, did you hear uh, did you hear Lou Bega got hit by a truck what is that the fucking set up for a joke yeah he's on the road again oh my <laughs> i did i did have mandela effect about lubega having gotten hit by a truck uh in the pre-wikipedia times back when you couldn't just verify one of those things and it's pretty good 
So, I've been I've been nice. playing, you know, to to continue with this Blink One Eighty Two. Uh, Nineteen ninety nine was the best year. Um, that you know, shit like. Been playing, you know, THPS uh, one and two, the re-release on the, the remaster on a Switch, and uh, that soundtrack is so fucking good. And it's crazy, it's like it's wild. Um, but yes, Les Claypool, uh, or I guess Primus Jerry was a race car driver, keeps coming up, and I'm like. And I'm like, damn, it sucks that Wes Claypool died. <laughs> <laughs> it it sucks that it sucks that he fucking ate that second D's food and fucking died from the poisoning. From the poisoning. I, I heard um, that they're playing at SawCon this year, actually. Yeah, yeah, I heard that too. SawCon, who's Steve Jobs? Uh, I I keep uh, my my like ninety nine was definitely the best year, and I just. I I've just been listening to Calculating Infinity every single day for the last four months. It's, nice. It's the greatest nice. album ever made. I uh I I just need to get a Dreamcast. I think I need to just bite the bullet. I've been putting ben, it off for a good twenty two years. You know who is a uh, a proud Dreamcast enjoyer and owner is Benji. Uh, yeah. From the yeah Benji who we had on the baggy pants. I know Benji. Yeah, yeah, Benji and I are best friends now. Hey, Benji, what's Sorry. up? <laughs> hey, Benji. Oh, shout out to you. Shout Benji. out to Benji real quick. Uh, we love you. We want to have you on again. Let's, yeah. let's chat soon. Benji, number one, congrats on closing on a house. Yeah, congrats stuff. on the house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That you do have. Bob. Getting a house is a real, a real fucking ordeal. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I believe it. It's uh, but it's good to have. It is good to have. Welcome everybody. Another episode here. Check under the sea, the 2021 C Lab 2021 podcast. What did you say just now? Another episode here. Okay. Lars, Lars, Metallica here. Another episode of 21 C Lab podcast. Jane Addiction. Uh, I'm I'm your host Jim. <laughs> Oh, welcome to 21 Jump Street with uh, your boy, J.I. And I'm eating um, a bunch of fucking spaghetti, so you can call me fucking nice. Eric Pol- spaghetti. Polish, Polish Gandolfini tonight, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The guy from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Man, I'm yeah. a bigger, I'm, a, I'm much, I'm much a bigger fan of, uh, of, of James Sauron Feeney personally. 
Fuck. Damn. Damn. Uh, I'm really, really bad be like that. Um, today we're talking about uh, season three, episode four, Meet Beck Bresto, um, airing December 14th, 2003. Uh, Hollywood actor Beck Bristow, voiced by Brian Bloom, uh, comes to C-Lab uh, to study for a television role. Let's just uh, get right, right into it, guys. What do we think? Yeah, have you seen the episode of Matlock with Brian Bloom? He's in an episode of Matlock and an episode in, uh, in Melrose Place and in Oz. That, uh, that old HBO show that was the HBO show before The Wire came out that everyone was talking about. Do you remember this? Have you heard yeah, of I remember. remember that show. From 1999? Probably from 99. Well, yeah, maybe. Came out the same year as Malcolm in the Middle, 99. I do remember there's the Arrested Development reference to it as well. Uh, yep. George Michael watches oz and uh thinking he's gonna watch wizard of oz and then he's afraid to go to the prison because fucking uh somebody wants his hair give me your hair kind of kind of like how a whole bunch of suburban moms got really bitched up in the in maybe 97 or 98 when uh, fargo and balto came out right around the same time <laughs> <laughs> Love Balta. Uh, <laughs> love it. That's the Balta is the one with the wood chipper, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The one. Put a dog in a wood chipper at the end, fucking because <laughs> it doesn't my... win the fucking Iditarod. <laughs> put my uh, dog in a blender, man. Uh, now, yeah, too bad you didn't win the Iditarod, Balta, because now you're gonna be Iditarod. <laughs> put you in this wood chipper. Uh, it's taking a turn for the dark. Um, I hated this episode. Uh, it was awful. Um, my the the funniest thing for me about it was I just kept thinking it'd be really funny if Buffalo Wild Wings renamed themselves like Meat Weck Brisket. Uh, I just kept laughing at myself about that. Um, because dumbest the dumbest thing. Um. But yeah, I, I I found literally nothing redeeming about this this episode. One uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting, though, was you know in in animation world universe, I the first opening shot or whatever, I got huge uh, BoJack Horseman uh, vibes, um, and I thought that that was pretty fucking cool. I feel like this episode had kind of big proto BoJack. Uh, energy in general uh in in as in as much as you know we that premise is kind of similar kind of a micronized version of what happens in in bojack minus all the horses and alcoholism um, i can't believe al that you didn't like the line what is life but a stupid test <laughs> good line might be the best line in the fucking episode honestly uh, um, i also like and you won't regret this for quite some time I need to start using that. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked like the, the sort of mise-en-scene when, you know, Beck is answering his phone. The whole landscape that he's in is extremely uh, Grand Theft Auto 4, uh, which oh, was yeah. big, big, big 2003 zeitgeist because I remember playing a lot of that game summer of 03 while uh, listening to CKY and drinking Mountain Dew Liveware. <laughs> 
Eve 96, quite bitter beings. Fuck. Yep. You know I love all living things that don't waste my time. I related, <laughs> I related, a, related a lot to that fucking line. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, sorry, I'm intensely bored by you. I thought we were having fun, and you're right. <laughs> yeah. I love uh, Murphy's in that damn helmet for like the entire episode. I, that's so fucking funny. I don't know why. I know this is one of the last episodes that uh, that Gus Senior was was recording, and I, I know there's a few episodes in the season before the great shift that we are just very, very excited to talk about where they, they just straight up couldn't have Murphy on the episode. And then there's a few where they, they did weird things. So I'm wondering if this is uh, this is one of those things where they just couldn't get um, good quality recording. So they just like funnel it through like a helmet or something um, in terms of story. I can't find anything online about the specific episode, but this is definitely during the time if you look at some of these interviews. They're like, um, yeah, having a hard time getting uh getting enough Murphy material for for good reason. Yeah, definitely a a, a notable lack of Murph material in this uh this episode. Um, I do the helmet bit was a creative way around whatever kind of audio problems they were having though for sure. And uh, Hollywood actor Beckbristow.com is still connected to the show, eighteen years later, and redirects to uh the video section of CLI 2021 on the Adult Swim website, except now this episode, like just about like the 9% of the episodes is not free online. Uh, just tells you that you can get every episode on HBO Max or use a cable subscription to log in to watch episodes, which feels like it defeats the purpose of having this damn URL and a get uh, an episode. So good job. Good job with Swim. They probably pay like a dollar a year for it though. So that's yeah, probably from GoDaddy.com. Have you heard of them? Yeah. Are they our sponsor uh, today? Yeah, our uh our our sponsor is is GoDaddy, um specifically the Dana Kapatrick uh GoDaddy Splinter mm-hmm. Cell. It's mm-hmm. uh GoDaddy dot Patrick. Um nice. you can go there to get to get your specific uh website with a free Danica Patrick blingy landing page. Um, show nice. show people you mean show people you mean business and have hot hot NASCAR lady uh, in your in your website. Thank you. Yeah speaking of two thousand three to two thousand seven that, that is very strong Danica Patrick GoDaddy fucking NASCAR vibes era to me. Um, <laughs> a lot of a lot of Mountain Dew live wire and then you know, downloading Danica Patrick videos on LimeWire. Um, and it's pretty, oh. pretty good. Ooh. Yeah, a lot of Mountain Dew LimeWire. Um, really crazy that you can that you can literally just sum up the entire early 2000s culturally by saying Mountain Dew LimeWire. I, uh, is it just me or is it like, I don't know. I feel like when we were uh, growing up, like, stuff that we would have no connection to would very off off times uh like get into our lives like nascar for instance is that because like we were around just like a a complete random walk of people in high school or is that because the media escape was like 
such that stuff that you didn't particularly care for just kept getting like thrown in your direction that doesn't happen anymore because of media I, and also because like we're in our 30s we're the i think it's a combination of um being being subjected just circumstantially to a whole lot um more unchosen media because we're under somebody else's roof and somebody else's jurisdiction but back then um talking about the also orb. yeah definitely the orb you speak with it uh but, but also but also like i do think that much more cultural throughput was concentrated in the head of the curve <laughs> at that point that the, the, the concept of long tail hadn't really evolved yet um we only we didn't have the long tail all we had was the burger king long chicken back then mm. nice. um, what, what came first the long chicken that, that the long egg? no joke um it's true I, I do think there is something unique about, well, I shouldn't say unique, but I think that the demography of the rural college town is fucking kind of like fascinating in general mm, because yes. we like, we did have a lot of like NASCAR classmates uh, and then like, you know, uh, like you two are, are children of, of uh, academics and and then we had like the you know support infrastructure folks and like all that shit um but yeah i mean it, it's kind of funny that we just had like a, a sort of hilarious like class microcosm in uh <laughs> in our in our school um even though you know it, it potentially um doesn't actually map to economic class as much as you know other other types of divisions but yeah i i think that because of that and like I, I'm sure that this is the same in like places like Illinois and um, some of the other, and I, I suppose Indiana as well, where you kind of have like that that mixture of of like this rural and um, academic life in a, and it's a real dangerous, interesting mixture. It it sure is. It leads to a lot of drugs. <laughs> leads to a lot of drugs me of, uh... being done. It definitely reminds me, he said, taught with the uh, the subject of that sentence being it being my personal experience that you're describing. Yeah, it reminds me of, uh, of White Noise, which is a book I only read, what, five years ago. Uh, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, there's definitely something to that. I, I think there's also something to like the, the long tail, long chicken, where it's like, you talk to, I had an opportunity to talk to some people who were born in the, born in the 2000s. And they, they have a, I mean, they, they understand like abstractly, like having media foist upon them that was out of their choosing. Cause you know, they also, you know, had parents most people have parents um, in one way or another, uh, including xenomorphs. Uh, but uh, like the, the entire idea that they would have, like, you know, you know, we didn't grow up with three channels. We grew up more with like maybe like 50 or, or 50, 60, kind of channels you had cable even if you didn't have cable you know probably a dozen or so and, and anyway like there'd be a wide up media landscape but it wasn't quite like it is now and in fact like if something you know huge happened in like nascar like someone dying on a track which is like really horrifying to think about really like everyone's going to hear about it but now it's like dude i can't even tell you the last time i even thought about nascar before this conversation about long chicken uh and neither can like i think most people that like grew up in this landscape where like you know they like wait what channel is youtube on <laughs> they they've never had cable their entire lives uh 
And that reminds me of how crazy Beck Bristow episode is when I'm digging a trench uh, at the bottom of the sea. I laughed a lot at that part. Thank you. Yep, the, Thank the you for coming to my of, TED Talk. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, the concept of trenches being taken literally might have been the best. Uh, oh might have been the best bit in the whole episode. I, I really like how they actually, uh, I mean, I, I think we referenced this already, but um, the uh, the line, I find myself intensely bored by you has like huge uh, John Miller's character in the Oblivion episodes energy, which I think is uh, is good. Like yeah. it's a straight up. And I feel like that character in general, just like every manifestation of that character is again, a thing we keep talking about very proto Archer because that entire oh, yeah. shit just has big Sterling Archer energy. Like Sterling Archer, Archer oh, yeah. is just a really refined version of that character at the end of the day. I, yeah, I totally Good agree. Point. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead, you fool. Oh, <laughs> uh, me? Yes. Don't worry about me. Don't worry about what I'm doing over here. I, uh, I'm, I'm just a lineman for the county. Uh, yeah, Diggy Ratface Bastard. Uh, what rhymes with black? And that whole shtick. And then it wound up just being a huge like ploy to get Quinn to be his like technical dude for C Force Nine or whatever. Yeah, that was uh I guess funny. And was also it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I liked when he called the Sparks chair guy, uh, and that he had a chair <laughs> under the sea. Uh and he just called him like lazy chair guy or something. Uh I don't know, this, this episode's like a weird one joke pony. I think it mostly works. I don't know. I didn't I didn't mind it as much. I, I found the animation completely jarring. Uh, but yeah. it's also maybe I'm telling myself I like it more because I know it's one of the last episodes of Murphy. I like I was trying really hard to find redeeming qualities in it. Like I, I do really enjoy the fact that they like are sort of just doing really extreme gassed up versions of like all the bits that they've been doing like particularly all the like um fucking like racism stuff <laughs> uh all the, all the racial insensitivity um and like i love i love like how the fact that he just keeps calling murphy murray he's just like so uh nonchalantly like it's very uh very fucking early 2000s straw man stereotype of like um what hollywood looked and felt like uh, incarnate right like i think that going back to you know this this kind of access hollywood culture this was really like the first time in history where we had we were sort of starting to pull back the curtain on the industry of of entertainment and uh, starting to get this sort of voyeuristic fucking view into it and i think this this might really be kind of a this is, I think, pretty obviously a riff on that. Also, Beck Bristow looks and acts like fucking Jared Leto. Damn. You do be right about that. That's true. Nice. Jared Leto, not a good joker. Is that the editorial line we're taking? I didn't even see the, the show if he was the joker on because I don't care, but I heard he wasn't very good. I think that Jared Leto 
has been good in literally one thing musically or cinematically ever, and that was Dallas Buyers Club. Like I thought, yep. I thought you were gonna say yep. say Thirty Seconds to Mars. Thirty Seconds to Mars <laughs> fucking sucks. I, I think people, uh, ironically, I, I think he actually sucks so much that people should just start calling him Jay Leto if they haven't already started doing that. Jay Leto. <laughs> I need to. Really good. Actually, one time There's I did probably one of those, a joke like, in there. I did a face mashup between Subway Jared and Jared Leto, and it just looked like fucking David Foster Wallace. And <laughs> fuck. Um, did you call it Jared Lettuce? Because you should have. That's exactly. Because Subway amazing. sandwiches are just lettuce. Um, Dude, that's a that's a that's a vibe. I uh, I also off times get. Uh, 30 seconds to Mars and biker mice from Mars confused because I don't understand what I'm talking about. <sighs> Sorry. Only I found that funny. Really, no, that is, that is funny. You can't tell I'm laughing because it's getting dark and I'm not going to turn the uh-huh. light on and just ever, ever become more mysterious. Yeah. Yeah. And on college crystals, viewers at home will understand. Won't you, viewers? Won't you help? Um, I worked with the, with tons of the brothers on Oz. Really good line. Um, does that yeah. look like the rubber ducky of Hollywood actor Beck Bristow? Uh, another great quote. Kind of a quote machine this episode. Um, fucking. Uh, it's funny that Quinn, Doctor Science, uh, suggests the possibility of going outside when in fact there is no such thing as outside um that that's pretty good um and also when when uh when they say cast off this yoke uh it's an, either an unintentional or a very intentional callback to stimutex when stormy says cast off this taint and become taintless nice so. nice I, li- I like that yeah um oh, i man <laughs> I, I, I they loved your read they're turning it into some crappy late night adult cartoon thing nice little uh self self-effacement there uh, always appreciate when they squeeze that in it's nice um again it's just, just kind of overall from my end like it's like i didn't think it was a great episode like, i i thought it had its moments um definitely made me laugh which i think that's like a really important distinction like i sometimes laugh the hardest at the things that are the least actually good in this show because that's how this particular type of humor works for me. Um, I think probably funny for the wrong reasons. And again, like, I think the show is probably being really self-aware here, if I had to guess. And just like, they're just taking all of the stereotypes imaginable and cranking them to 11. It's sort of like one of those deep fried memes that you see on the online internet, um, except it's just taking the form of 11 minutes of shitty cartoon TV. I like it. I also just realized he was uh, this uh, Brian Bloom guy uh, was about our age when he uh, when he did this uh, did this fine episode maybe a little bit younger or older I can't I can't do math right now but uh, yeah he was like in his thirties when he did this which is really weird because I don't associate people who are on Matlock to be in the same century as people who did C Lab. No, I mean they weren't. They, they were. They weren't. But you know what I'm talking about. Damn it. Yeah, 
Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm talking about. Getting old is is fucking weird. Like Danny Carey from Tool turns like 50 next year, which is just horrifying to me. So does Fred oh. Durst. Oh Fred God. Durst, I think, Shut actually up. is 50 already. Shut um, up. Shut up. In my favorite, my favorite piece of like especially fucking 90s kid um, trivia is that um, Macaulay Culkin is older than Homer Simpson now. Can, can, canonically, Homer Simpson is 38 and Macaulay Culkin is 41. So, wow. That's my Wow. Yeah. And then I can't wait to turn 49 this year. I can't wait to turn 38 and just have a super Homer Simpson a year since I feel like that's where my life's going anyway. I yeah. Like that. You're going to have to listen to a lot of the band ISIS. And listen to the, the Homer Simpson falling down Springfield Gorge vocals. Uh, please, uh, please, in 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 posts, put a little bit of that in here. Uh, I'm actually going to the funniest fucking vocals ever. <laughs> everybody for joining um stay with us watch the show we love you watch the show